Welcome to Bookish Podcast with Caffanel, a podcast about books ish. A quick disclaimer before we start there may be some spoilers, so please save the episode for later if you don't want any. And also, please follow us on social at We Are Bookish Pod. We hope you enjoy. Oh my God, guys, the amount of technical issues that we have is, I think, like, is Mercury in retrograde? <gasps> Hold on. Is Mercury in retrograde? You always have to check. You always have to check. Oh, mate, 14th of Jan, we're not even there yet. Oh, crikey. <laughs> oh, God. Anyway, Ooh, just whacked my microphone. Okay, no, we're good, we're good. Third time lucky. So, hello, darling. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. How are you? How was your Christmas break? Yeah, it was good, it was good. Um, very fortunate to have been able to go home, so I feel very lucky. Oh, uh, yes, Yes, because we the extreme sport of avoiding COVID before going to see family was very real. Yes, especially in London. <laughs> yeah, everyone I called it, it Plague City. I was like, when I got home, because my dad came to pick me up rather than me getting the train. Because like, normally I just get the train, but like he, I, he offered to pick me up because like it was just all a bit stressful. And um, I was like, to my friend, I was like, yeah, my dad has rescued me from Plague City. <laughs> I literally felt like I was doing like some sort of evacuation. <laughs> you can't get like actual zombie apocalypse. He just turned up at like 8am on Saturday morning and was like, right, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> mask on, like, but like one of those filter like bomb masks that cleans the air so he doesn't breathe in any bad particles coming into London yeah. to collect you. Yeah, God. It he was, was yeah, yeah. He was, it was an absolute babe coming to get me to be honest it's quite a long time, but there was that tweet though wasn't there about avoiding plague being avoiding plague avoiding uh the virus is like an extreme <laughs> sport which is like yeah hilarious. which is so silly because there is such a stigma around something that is airborne and very contagious like everyone will have it um so yeah. maybe we just need to let Do you it think go there's a stigma yeah I think there's a stigma around getting COVID, like as in we should all not like get it. Like it being people's fault kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. Like, oh, you've got COVID. Like, it's a bad thing, but it is just like getting the flu. Not getting, it's not just like getting the flu. Obviously, I'm not, I'm not. Sm- no, I know what you mean. Like, it's that. contagious and but, like it happens. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's as contagious as getting like a cold or flu. And therefore, well, people like, are going us, to get like, it. Yeah, and our generation and like our age and stuff, like we are going out now, like so. Yeah, yeah. So I think people just you can get to... it from anywhere. Like it doesn't matter, like what your socialising is. If you socialise in full stop, you can get it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, exactly that. Um, I had a very quiet new. So I was with family all Christmas, which was really nice. But I had a very quiet New Year. Um, so New Year is my friend's birthday. Traditionally, we would go out for it, but every everyone had COVID unfortunately yeah. most of the girls had covid so um we couldn't do that but i did go round to her i didn't have covid um so mm. i went round and we sat in her garden and we like did sparklers and set some fireworks off and stuff and saw her birthday in which That's was quite nice because um, i felt bad yeah. for her because she was quite down about it it's just yeah. unavoidable and also like you know you've got to do you've got to, you've got to do your bit like if you don't feel well you've got to stay at home yeah and, exactly like, you've got to like do your bit like to to keep people safe yeah exactly it's rubbish when it happens but like yeah sometimes you've got to cancel your plans and it's just 
we're still like very much living in it at the moment aren't we so yeah it's that though right like you know that you when if you make commitments or plans I think you have to be okay with losing out if unfortunately you can't go because covid has popped up so for example me and my friends went to go see spider-man and Mm. it was supposed to be like the three of us because we go together to 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 watch the marvel movies and unfortunately my friend got covid and so we we Mm. (laughs) my friend texted me like we're still going right (laughs) I was like, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Michelle. Fuck the other person. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Michelle. Um, but she's going to see it this weekend with her partner, but she got COVID and she couldn't go. And it mm. meant that she had to miss out. And that was it. I think you just sort of got to be, you sort of have to have an understanding that that might happen, which sucks. Yeah. But also, like, it sucks. Like, you don't want to have to miss out. So, yeah. Yeah. Do you know what? It sucks, but if you're healthy and you're fine, like, that's all. Like, I think and that's why I keep trying to, like, you know, put things to, into perspective, you know, like, as long as you aren't too poorly and stuff, like, that you're very fortunate. So, yeah. yeah stay safe, guys. <laughs> Take those <laughs> lateral flows. Yes, guys. Take your lateral flows. Because, honestly, you know how I said the tweet with... um the meme of the tweet, the tweet of the meme, the tweet that went round about <laughs> yeah, yeah, dodging yeah. it is an extreme sport. My housemate then also sent me one that was like a squid game meme and it was in a, diff- a different language which she translated it for me and said, uh, basically, if you avoid COVID before New Year, then you win. <laughs> so, yeah, <laughs> made me oh, laugh. Oh, God. But what I love about the festive period is that it gives you a lot of time, especially in industries like ours where our office is closed and we don't do anything over the new year, over the Christmas period, to watch stuff. Yeah. So, like yeah. I said, I went to go see Spider-Man, but also it wasn't the only thing I watched over the Christmas period. Did you watch Emily in Paris? I did. I love Emily in Paris. I know it's like a bit lame but I just think it's so good <laughs> it's a guilty pleasure that's why everyone really enjoys it yeah yeah, yeah. I particularly so love Sylvie this season she was that husband she's yeah. had down in Saint-Tropez Ooh. I was like Sylvie I would never have gone back to Paris if I knew he was down there he's like a good to have it's yeah, she's but mate, everyone that she meets is like drop dead gorgeous yeah. like I don't know it's mental like who amazing love it like, I love the Dutch guy that she's dating is just like it's <laughs> like 20 years younger than her and just absolutely beautiful I'm like yes Sylvie I love a woman that like knows her own power that knows how to hold a room and that's exactly yeah. Sylvie like when I grow up I want to be Sylvie <laughs> when I grow up I want to be Sylvie yeah she was fantastic this season she just got it in and and not without showing maybe some insecurities she could have around those things as well yeah like so yeah, it, was it wasn't young, wasn't it? yeah so it wasn't like sort of 2d it wasn't flat at all her yeah sort of arc this season i think some of the other characters weren't nearly as lovable either like the british guy what was he called oh um i just know some, no it was lucian laverscout because he was on like waterloo road wasn't he? 
He was like a bit of a knob. <laughs> no. I liked him for Emily. He was like a lad, yeah. And I felt like they had to really labour him being like British by putting mate. Oh my God, it was so thing. cringe when he kept saying like mate and like when he like, was like, Emily, like, um, you're right, love or whatever. And I was like, no. <laughs> no one talks. I promise you, right, <laughs> listeners, no one talks like that. Really? Well, maybe. I mean, he's from London. Well, yeah, but not as laboured as that. Like, not as not as laboured as that. that. Like, but just people the... do say mate. People do say mate. That is a thing that happens a lot. It was like they really had to like lay labour it. Like they really had to like hit you over the head with it. About he's he he's was British. he was very like just like another like very attractive young man in the series though I was like wow where did they find these people (laughs) you know what you know what I loved about him in it was all the things that were very British about him wasn't in the mate or love it was in the small things in the small details like when that meme that go that that meme that tweet that went round about Emily spilling her guts out to him and all he could say was that's mad that is a very British thing as a very British lad thing to say yeah that's mad <laughs> yeah no, also so he's right. a he's approach to brexit uh so what is brexit and he's just like well it's britain and exit and actually no one <laughs> in britain actually knows what it means that is very true that too is yeah. very true it's in the subtle things that he said that actually made him very british rather than the yeah. thing they hit you over the head about but he is a very good looking man and i actually liked him better for emily than i do gabriel i just i never really liked that I did, yeah, I I don't really like Gabrielle for Emily. No. Um, also, like the fact that she did sleep with her friend's boyfriend. Yeah, and I don't think. Fine, okay, I think they'd split up, but I mean, then she lied about it for like weeks. <laughs> it's just a thing you don't do, even if they do split up. That's your friend's partner. She yeah, was like, come on, everybody knows her. that. <laughs> yeah, and they they're gonna they're gonna obviously spin it because Emily in Paris is like a romantical, no, romantical is that a word? It is a romantical show yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna make it a word yeah. and so therefore like Emily will end up with Gabriel because that is what they'll follow the traditional sort of sick sort of uh, plot device for that right they won't end up mm. together they'll spend two seasons not in getting together and then by the third season they will be together and it's them finding their feet and then they'll have babies and get married and they'll live happily ever after but the way that she gets him isn't necessarily the right it's not it's not right because then may, maybe it will work yeah. out okay and that's fine and it, it each their own about how these things go but I don't necessarily think that you know yeah the ending was rubbish though you didn't like it no it was just like oh will she stay in paris or not like i liked the i really liked sylvie buying the agency that was sick i loved that but then well not buying the agency like setting up her own agency whatever but the like the cliffhanger with whether emily was going to stay or not obviously she's going to stay yeah yeah obviously there's going to be a third season i'm surprised they haven't announced it yet actually well i wonder if they were going to see how well the season did because obviously like the first season did really well but often like second series flop don't they so i was surprised by that though because like you know how the the joke is that netflix will cancel things after three seasons yeah (laughs) and but with you they renewed that before it even released 
or as it was still as they released it. So there's going to be a fourth was, one. Last series of you was rubbish. Well, I didn't even finish it. I yeah, they she wrote a fourth book though. She's just finished it. Did I say I sent you that? Didn't I? The books are good though. Like. Well, I only read the first one, but I thought it was good. But I knew what was going to happen, so I was like, oh. I think I'm at a point now where I don't need to watch the show. I might actually go read the books and then come back to the show, because I do love... You know what I think is wild? That Penn and Cardi B... I'm going off on a tangent. Penn and Cardi B, Penn Badgley and Cardi B still have their Twitter photos of them. Do they? Still, even even now. So when I'm Cardi B hold. tweets, it's Penn Badgley, but like as Joe's you, and Joe is still Cardi B. Oh my god, that's hilarious! That's that absolutely funny. hilarious. That's so funny. Um, so yeah, I, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I mean, I, yeah, I mean, she's obviously going to stay in Paris. She's going to win back Gabriel. She's going to go to Sylvie's agency, like. That's all going to happen. Mindy, okay, one thing I need less of if there's another season is the singing. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Ashley Park, great singer. but She's great. I, I rate her a lot, but yeah, I know what you mean. But if, it, it's a mu- if it's a musical, fine, but the singing should move the story along and it, it didn't. Like, okay, yeah. she's a busker. I want to see her do it once. Maybe you can cut into when she's at the end of like a slot, like an end of like a show. It's like it's like the three four minute songs that don't add anything to the plot. You're like, okay. right? And when it did, it was like at the very last episode. You know, when he'd written a song for her and then she sang it, and I thought that was a that very was really beautiful sweet, song. Yeah, yeah, that for sure should have been there. Her being in the that first episode when she was in the club and it didn't work. Fine. And yeah. then maybe the first time that they were busking, or maybe not even when they were busking, I don't know. But not every episode, if it's not yeah. going to move everything forward. It was mm-hmm. just very, I found myself just like, okay, what do I need to do now? I just went on the, f- I was like texting or doing something else. I literally just tuned it out. Yeah. And that's nothing against, honestly, nothing against Ashley Park. I just was like, I, I, it, it was just, it just didn't do anything, it didn't add anything. Yeah. Yeah. But um something that does right, that does add to the pull up plot, like as I said, music should move the plot forward. I watched Encanto over Christmas. And yeah. that film is phenomenal. It's on Disney Plus, guys. Please go watch it. It's fantastic. So I think it was released in theatres and didn't do very well. So it hadn't made its money yeah. back over over the theatre period, like the Christmas festive period when they dropped it. But they put it on Disney Plus pretty soon after it had gone into theatres. And it, we, me and my sister watched it and we watched that and we watched Luca. And Encanto yeah. is just fantastic. It's about this family. It's a generational family. They all live in one, one house. They live, they live in a magical casita, right? Um, and oh, the, the songs are brilliant. Like Lin-Manuel Miranda, he wrote all of them. So you can hear it. Like it sounds like Hamilton. It sounds like Moana. Like it, and all the Does songs. It? Yeah, it celebrates Columbia. Oh, I love Moana as well. That's so, I love that. Yeah, the music, so. the music moves the plot forward. You get to understand all of the characters and who they are, which is hard to do when you have a massive ensemble cast, right? It's... um 
because it's Colombian, like they play really heavily into like magical realism and like that that plot narrative. They use like yeah. Colombian artists. You just like I really want to go to Colombia, Colombia, um, <laughs> and uh, it was just it was just really fantastic. And there's some it's really light hearted, but there's some deep emotional elements to it. So there's a song called Surface Pressure that's sung by one of the sisters um, in the in the film, and like it's a really upbeat song but what she's singing about is quite heavy but they do it in such a relatable way that I think the kids would if you're a child you'll probably miss maybe some of what she's understanding of what she's saying but as an adult you're like damn this is deep like and that was for all of them and they've got this song towards the end called Dos Dos Origatos something like that so my butchering the Spanish language um (laughs) but it's all in Spanish and it's so beautiful. It's so oh, beautiful like to that. listen to. And then when you go and read the lyrics, because there's the obviously the English version of it, that it doesn't sound as romantic when it's like, oh, it's two caterpillars, right? But um, I think butterflies, uh, especially there's a co- Colombian writer, something Garcia, um, mm. that plays into magical realism and butterflies really play into that. Um and when you read the lyrics, you realise how just beautiful, how beautiful that song really is. Um, to understand what they're saying, obviously, because obviously I don't know Spanish inherently. I know some words, but yeah. I would just tell you guys, the songs are so catchy. Everyone, it does not miss. Every song is a hit. Guys, Ellie's a fan, if you hadn't um, gathered. <laughs> Every song's a hit, honestly. And, like, there's a song called We Don't Talk About Bruno. There's a character, We Don't Talk About Him. Is that one member in the family where we don't talk about Bruno, but you talk about Bruno? Like that. And we'd watch that and then watch Luca afterwards. And if you've seen Luca, when uh-huh, they're yeah. quietening, they say, Silencio Bruno. You know, when they're quiet and like they're quieting down that voice that tells them they can't do it. They're like, Silencio Bruno. And I was like, who at Disney is hurt by a person called Bruno? (laughs) That we don't talk about him and we tell him to be quiet. Oh, God. I mean, yeah, I've seen Luca. I I actually haven't seen Encanto yet, but I will watch it um, at some point. So that was my very heartfelt please go watch it because it's very fantastic and the music is bop like literally I have it in my headphones as I'm walking and I'm just like welcome to the family Madriga welcome to the family Madriga yeah so good well all the people are fantastical and magical (laughs) it's like you know that song from Moana that was like like in the charts for like weeks yeah love that song yeah well um the one her standing by the water, that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not gonna sing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Um, I think actually on Spotify, I know that we don't talk about Bruno was um trending globally or in the US as number one. In the UK, uh, we don't talk about Bruno is like twelve. <laughs> Really? Oh, the weekend dropped some music. Apparently, the weekend dropped some music. So he, all of his songs are like now in the charts in the UK top fifty. But if you look into the UK top fifty for Spotify, like Encanto is there. Like they've got at least two or three songs in the top fifty. Insane. Let's go watch it. 
But yeah. But we are going to talk about uh, (laughs) a book. Yeah. (laughs) We're going to talk about the Authenticity Project today. So um, yeah, like it's one of those books that's a bit of a bookstagram book. Like I feel like a lot of people have talked about it. Like I've seen it on a lot of people's accounts and stuff. Um, Yeah. I think it was when we read it, it was a good book to come. It came at a good time. If that made sense. Agreed. Yeah. Yeah. Because we were both... It's quite an easy book to read. Yeah. We were both struggling with reading. We had a quote of books to fill, which we both did, by the way, guys. Oh, my God. Hmm? We both reached our quote of books for 2015. Yeah, just about, like, absolutely down to the wire. Like, I was frantically reading between Christmas and New Year. (laughs) (laughs) But it definitely helped crack whatever was going on with me in my reading block um yeah we were looking for a christmas read and it kind of was a christmas read yeah because it happened at christmas um yeah i i think it's like it's quite like a um, like a what's the word like not and it's quite a heartwarming book like it's obviously not like it's not all happy days and stuff but it's just quite like a bit rom commy. do you know what i mean yeah. like that kind of film that you watch when you're hungover, like kind of vibe. Um, I feel like it's a yeah. nice book in the festive period. You know, when you rewatch like um, The Holiday and Love Actually and The Grinch and Home Alone and stuff. Yeah. Like I would probably revisit this one at Christmas. <laughs> I don't yeah. reread books, but if I was going to, I'd reread it at that time of year because it, it's, yeah. it's heartwarming. Yeah, I agree. So the blurb is six strangers with one thing in common their lives aren't always what they make them out to be what would happen if they told the truth instead julian jessup is tired of hiding the deep loneliness he feels so he begins the authenticity project a small green notebook containing the truth about his life leaving the notebook on a table in his friendly neighborhood cafe julian never expects monica the owner to track him down after finding it or that she'll be inspired to write down her own story little do they realize that such small acts of honesty told the power told hold the power to impact all those who discover the notebook and change their lives completely yeah, so when you live in a city or like London, for example, is a very good example of it. It can often feel very lonely. Um, yeah. And I think especially, I feel we could feel like that as adults as we are in our 20s and 30s. But can you imagine the number of people that are a lot older that might struggle with them? Yeah. With living in such a big and lonely city. And so it was nice that there's this idea and I would hope that that is the case at least I know that that's the case where like where my mum lives and stuff in London that there's a community-minded approach or a neighbourly approach to the people that are around um around you and I think it's just a nice reminder that yeah that can still exist in in places like London yeah like the best like then like um, the best places to live in London are those places that feel like they're almost like small towns within the city. Yeah. Because um, it's like you get the community feel, but you also get the city, which is like what the, you want, really. The suburbs. The, both worlds. the suburbs, basically. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. And there, but these yeah. people live in Fulham. It's set in Fulham, isn't it? Yeah, they live in West London somewhere. Yeah. Yeah, Fulham. Um, I found I that. I don't really know that much about Fulham, to be honest. I've been through it. I feel like it's one of those boroughs because it's what like is it Chelsea and Fulham? 
what's the what's the brand? No, it's Kensington Fulham, and Chelsea. Kensington and Chelsea, and Fulham, and Hammersmith and Fulham. Uh, wait, Hammersmith and yeah, they yeah. Are. So I feel like it's one of those. Um, so within that, I think you would then have like sort of like the Notting Hill, Labrick Grove. No, not really there. You would have like just past there. So going west, even further west, like Shepherd's Bush, maybe. Yeah. So uh, it's like, yeah, I'm gonna get the map up. It doesn't matter because half the people might not know London well enough anyway. <laughs> to know. Yeah, it's it's sort of it's more west than like Lambert Grove and stuff. It's like down as well. So it's like, yeah, you're very much getting to like also south of there is like Putney and stuff like that. Yeah. So I think there's like a there's definitely more wealth there but if there's also like a divide I think maybe that there might be some poorer areas but I think there's basically just money in that area generally speaking yeah because like Julian the Julian like one of the main characters he's like being forced to like move out of his house because like a developer wants to like build loads of flats and stuff I felt like that Um, could have been explored a little bit more actually yeah because it happens a lot and like it's a bit of an issue well it is an issue it's not a bit of an issue like it's quite a big issue actually um and people that have lived in places all their lives and then they like developers want to buy them out and stuff like because yeah go on yeah I just yeah I think you're right it could have been addressed a bit more yeah because he kind of just went like oh I'm sorry I've been holding on to things here I've signed the papers but I actually wanted to understand what the motivations were for the neighbor who wanted to sell it do you want if if you follow me because I couldn't he obviously has an attachment because he's been there obviously like it helps them if they sell it because they're getting paid out to do it that for me would have been a perfect character to brought in to get their perspective and maybe understand yeah that's and true, to tie actually. julian to a neighbor of his that yeah. would have been a fantastic character i don't yeah because because maybe like maybe they i think they were getting paid over the odds to move weren't they yeah and it, which wasn't um, a wasn't for julian he's wealthy like it's not a thing he doesn't care about the money yeah so maybe like for them like they were like well if we sell then we can move somewhere bigger or whatever like i don't know yeah but yeah no i know because basically like a a qualm that we both had with the book was they introduced this character really late and she was just like a bit irrelevant she was just a plot device because she like wrote this letter to someone that then appeared like but like we were like, why is there a new character? <laughs> in the last 100 pages. So, yeah. So, I think for me, there was, yeah. There was two characters I think she introduced far too late. Um, that one being yeah. the plot device. I forgot her name. Mm, see? She wasn't that important. Because we can't remember her name. We can't remember her name. And then the young mum, who is supposed to, I guess, be like the opposite to the lady that really is probably the source so julian is the catalyst for this all the book is around he like you said in the book he he is the reason this started but i feel like the person that brings everyone together is the lady that owns the coffee shop she is the the gravitational pull for all of these people and do you know what like coffee shops and places like that are such a massive part of communities I quite liked that aspect like I think it's quite important for me like wherever I live to like know the people in the coffee shop like not know them know them but like they will like I'll say hello to them like in like a I know who you are kind of way like I think that's like always something that I think 
really helps you feel like you are part of something like yeah. doesn't have to be a coffee shop but like or like the pub like I remember when I worked in the pub um the pub <laughs> when I worked in a pub um like we had like the regulars and stuff and it was like a proper like community because everybody they could people would come in on their own but there'd always be people there that they knew and then they'd have like drinks together and stuff like they wouldn't arrange it they'd just like know and like people would know times that other people might be in and stuff yeah um so yeah monica monica that's her name because i remember the joke now it's like why is monica basically monica from friends oh yeah who said that yeah that was one of our friends said that, yeah yeah she comes out with it she's great um, um so yeah, you have julian who's like a lonely pensioner um he suffers from like i think because he hasn't got his wife has left him well no his wife is dead I've just jumped yeah. the plot. His wife is dead, as we know it at the beginning of the book, and he spends too much time alone, essentially. So he writes this bit in the like page, and he leaves it in Monica's coffee shop, and Monica picks it up, and then she then leaves it. Yeah, I do think some of it's a bit far fetched. <laughs> like those two bits are like, okay, that could that could happen. Like that makes sense. And then as you get through the book, like some of the other things that happen are just like really <laughs> so the person that gets the book after monica is a guy called i want to say jaguar but it's not what's um, his name flash no no <laughs> it's something stupid um, <sighs> hazard jagged hazard h hazard 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 yeah Sorry. yeah jagged <laughs> Hazard, yeah. Hazard gets the book after Monica and they have like a meeting. They meet each other without knowing who they are before. And he comes across the book after their meeting, Monica and Hazard, and he takes the book to Thailand with him. And that to me is wild because how it ever got back to the UK, I know it came back with the Aussie guy, but it it just wouldn't. (laughs) I'd be surprised. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's ridiculous and then like yeah and then he finds the woman like i don't know it was nice it was romantical so like it was nice yeah, yeah. i think it would make a really good film actually. i'm surprised they haven't optioned that as a we haven't really spoken <laughs> they they haven't optioned it as a film and I'm, i would be surprised if they don't because it's quite it's quite like a love actually type thing yeah um, i think it would be really good as a film actually and they don't have to like fly out to Thailand to recreate it. They could just go to Spain if they want to, like whatever. Um, yeah, I feel like that would have been more believable, maybe, if he had taken the book to Spain with him. Although I feel like he go, he does the classic like rich person thing of like I'm gonna go to the other side of the world to find myself, which is what Monica had an issue with without really understanding that he is an alcoholic. So Hazard's thing is that he's yeah. an alcoholic. Monica's thing is that she wants. Well, he's to... addicted to drugs as well. Isn't yeah, he? he's an addict. He's an addict. Yeah, that's that's the proper word. Ju- Julian's yeah. thing is that he's lonely and he's older. Monica's thing is that she wants a family and she wants to settle down and it's that sort of like headspace that you get in when you're in your 30s and you and you feel like life has gotten away from you she's given up her job she's invested in this coffee shop this this space of community like like you had explained earlier 
about it being like quite a big focal point for small towns and villages and stuff and she that's what she wants to recreate but then she's missed a lot of her life Mm. in other ways hazard is an addict and he's missed his life in other ways he's lived it very fast and i think yeah he's like he's hit rock bottom when we meet him yeah and he like quits his job like he works in the city and stuff so it's obviously like he basically just doesn't sleep and like yeah and then and then he i liked his character actually hazard yeah yeah he's a bit of a he reminded me of have you ever seen community the tv program it's fantastic if you haven't i've seen some of it yeah he reminded me of the main guy in that i've forgotten his name oh really yeah when i pictured hazard i pictured him interesting um yeah so anyway, there's Hazard, and then there's an Australian guy. What's his name? Um, his thing is that he doesn't think people take him. People think he's don't take him seriously. His character was a bit flat. It personally. is. I think. I think they missed the trick. Mm. Like him. I, li- I liked that he. I I liked what his pl- role to play in the story, but like, it was a bit flat. <laughs> so, <laughs> Joel McHale. That's who Hazard reminds me of. That's who I envisioned in my head guys just saying right um yeah he he's like a really easy breezy going sort of aussie that's the stereotype that she basically yeah makes him but he's and he's a gardener as well not a gardener what's the proper word for that uh yeah he's a gardener that's what they describe him um but his thing is like he fight basically when the book goes to thailand hazard reads Monica's story, decides that he's going to help her find a man so she can live have a happy ending, obviously. Mm. Um he gives he writes in the book to the Aussie guy and I've forgotten his name so I'm so sorry. And he's like, go find Monica. And so the guy reads it, is a bit alarmed and then he's like, well what's the harm in at least just checking it out? Falls in love with Monica. But then he has this secret and so it's it's puts him at odds with everything he is naturally and then he gets really upset that people think he's easy breezy beautiful cover girl and doesn't have any depth but then she wrote him quite flat (laughs) so he didn't feel like he had much depth really as a character I think that's that was what was missing because I Mm. I couldn't understand what I couldn't understand why he felt that way really but sure yeah Uh, yeah I think just compared to some of the other characters, like I got, I feel like Monica's characters was done well. Julian's character was just ridiculous. And that was done quite well. Hazard's character was done really well. I um, think as she added more people, I think the, well, yeah. so I think the young influencer mum, who is the next yeah. person who gets it, is done well. But she came in too late. Yeah. Also like the way she talked about the influencing was a bit off. Oh, <laughs> yeah. When but, she keeps yeah. it at at hand, she put the handles in of the accounts that this influencer mum was, yeah, promoting. Which is no, really but like, I, I, yeah, because no think one that talks like that. Yeah, and I, but I do think that character was quite good because she had like she was seeing this like marriage that wasn't working for her, and I, I felt really sorry for her to be honest. Um, yeah, she, yeah. She had a bit of postnatal depression too. She was really struggling to be a mum. She did things in the way in the ways that Monica thought that's how life is. She, this character, had done that and realized that actually, 
it's not quite the fairy the dream and I yeah. almost felt like these two needed to meet earlier it she needs to come in far far earlier than she did she came in it's a 400 page book more than 400 pages and she came in the last yeah. 200 to 150 pages I just thought what well, it was a waste oh her name is Alice Alice yeah her name is Alice and she has a baby and she has yeah and Alice and yeah. Monica needs to meet earlier and then it was just a really interesting take on being an influencer mum and that and our generation of influences yeah. and how people view life yeah I think yeah I think they I think she did good cross-section of like different characters like in different like points in their lives and different like views and stuff um yeah because yeah, we see Alice... I think Julian's character was a bit like far-fetched to be honest but I think that was the point wasn't it that like he was lying to people anyway he yeah he was a liar he was very eccentric you didn't know what was he was obviously very troubled wasn't he like yeah so what they do is um he was an artist and I think to rally the what they do to rally the community really is to hold these art lessons Monica made a post and put it in her shop Hazard had seen it, also understanding what was going on, took the poster and then put it like everywhere, blew it up, put it in places, put it at this grave that Julian likes to go and visit. Yeah. So Julian would see it and then put it like around so they kept, so people yeah. would come, which was good of him. Nice. And like, then he went to Thailand for months on end um, mm. and then came back. And when he came back, I guess that's when all the trouble started. They they went to Paris, didn't they? The Paris thing, like, just a bit, like, would they have done that? Do you know what I mean? <laughs> but, yeah, no. And then there's the big twist at the end, which so, yes. so the big just twist... made me roll my eyes a bit. <laughs> there was a few things that made me roll my eyes at the end. So the big twist at the end was that, which one are we talking about? The one about Julian and his oh, wife. His wife's not dead, guys. I think I said that earlier, though. Yeah, yeah, I did. Sorry. So his wife's not dead. She's actually just left him. And I think, I guess it's dead in a different way, isn't it? It's like... He's dead to her. Oh, no. The other way around. She's dead to him. Yeah. The, their marriage is dead. She's not there anymore. He's had to live a life without her. But he didn't appreciate her when he had her until it was too late. Um, yeah. And she sets the record straight. And that only happens because the person in the last part of the book that gets introduced in the last 50 pages she stirs the pot to make it happen yeah um which was quite interesting yeah um and then also we have a bit of a love triangle with hazard and monica and the aussie guy mm. um yeah that's like i kind of like that bit actually because it's like oh it's a bit Emily in Paris-esque with the little love triangle. <laughs> it was, yeah. I think the Aussie guy needed to get her to be able to be in a place where she could, like, be open to love. Ah, uh, yeah. But I did kind of like that, like, um, Hazard was, like, not necessarily, like, an obvious fit for... Um... Oh, my God, my brain's gone blank. What's her name? Monica. Monica. Because, like... I feel like sometimes that does actually happen and it's quite like it's quite nice because they like dismissed each other but actually they're a good fit 
yeah being opposites mm-hmm. right because they're very opposite yeah. type personalities and people yeah so it worked quite but well yeah. that they that they were i actually like it was obvious it's one of those things they met before meeting which meant that that had to come full circle and yeah so, it was classic like rom-com mm, thing to happen exactly that um i would say like as well that storyline is the probably the best one like I don't know yeah yeah I found that I was only ever really interested in reading Monica Hazard and Julian's stories Mm. I sort of yeah sort of sat through Alice because I had to because she had moved she moved the plot along Um, I think generally the first two thirds of the book are great and then the last, and like really like gripping, really want to read more. And the last third, it's just a bit, it was just a bit far-fetched for me, to be honest. Um, and normally I don't like that, but I, I was like, yeah, that's, this is great. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It was a bit, yeah, it was a bit of a reach. Yeah. But so what, what, like, what would you rate it, do you reckon? I think I gave it a four. I actually think I gave it a four, which is quite generous, but... Uh, it, but I don't really think it's a three. I think I might have given it a three, but I don't. It's definitely like a three point seven or a three point eight or something. Yeah, I think I rounded up. Oh, I can have a look and let you know. Actually, let me see. Like, if I was marking it out of ten, I'd maybe give it a seven. So it's like a three point five. I gave it a four. Yeah, um, because so I'd gone on a spate of reading lots of things. I really well. We won't talk about Christmas in Little Penhaven. But I had read His Only Wife and then The Authenticity Project. And then I'd finished The Beautiful World, Beautiful World, Where Are You? And I'd read Open Water. And it was, I gave it a four, yeah, just because I enjoyed it. I don't think it's necessarily, no, it's not groundbreaking, but it's enjoyable for that reason. But a book, you're meant to enjoy books. That's the whole point exactly. of reading. So, yeah yeah it was well, yeah we we ended the year quite well i think like i read some good books at the end of the year um i read actually can i recommend one yeah go for it actually can i recommend two i read <laughs> <laughs> i read fool by john preston all about robert maxwell and it's so interesting like it's really cool like not cool well yeah cool like like they the world that he built around him is mental like it's he was just quite nasty to quite a lot of people and like oh my like but like mind-boggling the stuff he did you're like what the hell how just what like I was reading it and I was saying like it almost feels like fiction but it's not fiction like it's actually what happened um sometimes they say the the truth is stranger than fiction don't they yeah um so I'd recommend that and also, um, I read Mr. Wilder and Me by Jonathan Coe. And I quite like Jonathan Coe's book, but that was really great. Really enjoyed it. Um, so, yeah. It's really interesting because Mr. Wilder, as in, like, the producer, like, he, Billy Wilder, he is a real person. But okay. the story is completely fictional. Fictional, which I think is really interesting. So, they were the last two books I read at 2021, 20, and I thought they were great. So, yeah. And yeah, I've got open water to read, so I'm really excited. Yeah, I, I read that over Christmas. So we both got that yeah. as Christmas presents. And but yeah. I'd opened mine a little bit earlier. It's very beautiful, open guys. Mine late. <laughs> <laughs> it just won the Costa Prize. 
actually. Mm. Um, well, it's been, there's four, so there's like four, isn't there? And then yeah. one overall winner. When does that get announced? February, I think. I think it's literally because I remember them saying like he's going to be into the at the book bar a few days before they announce the winner. Mm. February the first. Yeah. So yeah. it's um. It's it's really just it's just beauty. It's like a love letter to. Yeah. Black living and the, everything the that comes to it. Oh my god! Yeah, because Fool by John Preston also was on that on the Costa list. Look at that. Yeah. So there you go. I feel like I like the the Waterstones thing was wild. <laughs> the like the pics that what they had for their list last year and then the, the Paul McCartney lyrics won one. Oh yeah. I found but then when I was looking at that list, like the Waterstones like picks of the year, I actually just thought it was a bit weird. Yeah. It was a bit incongruent yeah, to everything else that was going on. Yeah. I find, like, as well, I never pay attention to that list. Like, I don't know, I've never really looked at it. Well, it's like the Costa Awards. They are quite good. Like, they, the books that win those tend to be quite good. Like, Home Fire, that I'm reading at the moment, That's that was a Costa book. And, and like, Eleanor Oliphant is completely fine. That's a Costa book. And mm. your home fire one was also on the women's prize, wasn't it? Yeah, which it won the women's prize yeah. in two thousand and eighteen, I think it was. So it's really good. I haven't quite finished it, but it's very interesting. And so. unsettled grounds got uh, a, a yeah, custom award shout as well. Out to so that was quite nice to see. And it's in paperback now, so I'll probably go get it. Yeah, <laughs> but um, but yeah, so yeah. I'm feeling quite um, positive about my picks and reads this year. It's going to be a different reading yeah. year for sure. Yeah, me too. I'm excited. I'm actually going to go read now. I think I'm going to have a... I've got like a fancy pot noodle, you know, like the ones that are like... Like, not. it's not an Itsu one, but it's like that kind of vibe. <laughs> yeah. I'm really excited. Cute. It was on, off, it was on offer in Sainsbury's, so... I love that for you. <laughs> That's what I'm going to eat. Um... Okay, love you. Love you. Bye. Bye. And that's the app. If you like the episode, please leave us a lovely review, subscribe, and share with your friends, and we'll love you forever. <laughs> Follow us on socials at We Are Bookish Pod. Thanks for listening.